Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by The Beeline, Michter's, and 291 Colorado Whiskey. And hello, everybody. Welcome to what is a special live stream edition of The Fred Minnick Show. Now, this is my podcast. This is a live stream edition of my podcast, and I am so excited to be going up against the national championship of the college football, the NCAA uh, championship right now is going on and uh, with me is one of the great cartoon artists in the world Mitch Jared Garrods I fucked that and all I knew I was gonna fuck your name up you got it right every other time every other gone. time but with a matter I fucked it up <laughs> Mitch how are you I'm good thanks for having me well all that all that practice for nothing right <laughs> So, I mean, my goodness. You know, it's even happened before once. before the bourbon happened. Even before the bourbon. It's happened once before. I had uh, uh, Mark Sisbola. Uh, I can't even, I still can't say his name. Like, I mean, it just, it just like, it was in my head and then it, it didn't work. And then, uh, it, I don't know. It just, occasionally it happens, but it's, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you practice a lot. But listen, Mitch, it's great to have you on. I know we follow each other on the socials. It is. Uh, it, it's just. It's just great to put a put a face with all the tweets and Instagrams. Absolutely. And I hope it's a good one. I think. I think it's going to be great. And <laughs> by right. the way, I dig the beard, man. You've got a. You got a strong. Well, you got a strong beard, my brother. I try. That's a, that. Is, that is coming in thick. Do you have any? Do you have any <laughs> tricks? You know, something that you can uh, share with us, other bearded types. 
the the biggest trick is that because I I did it myself when I was first starting to grow a beard is you always want to trim the mustache. Just stop trimming the mustache. Mm. The mustache controls everything. The mustache so is constantly the, trimming it. Yeah. The mustache is the leader of the beard. Okay. Exactly. So we used to have a sponsor on the show show called Manscaped. I think they had a, I think they had an argument that something else led the the growth of the beard. Hey, <laughs> so the the subject for the night, everybody, is what bourbon would Batman drink? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is, Mitch, you are the artist for Batman. You are an illustrator. You 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 do a lot with Batman. Yeah, um, I was the artist on Batman. I'm an artist on some other books now, but I do. I mean, he shows up in my book all the time. And then uh, we actually, uh, I have a new Batman story coming out on the 26th. So, yeah, Ooh. I'm the current artist of Batman. <laughs> so the current artist of Batman, formerly with Batman, now with Batman again. Um, and so He shows up a lot. Batman Batman is a is an interesting individual. Now do you do you prefer like the sadistic dark Batman or you know the philanthropic wanting to help children Batman? Um you know probably somewhere right in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Uh I think Batman's at his best when he's intimidating and creepy and all those things but also at the at the same time you need that that Bruce Wayne bit to come out where you remind you're reminded he's a human and not just some sort of crazy person. <laughs> I like that. Now we, people have been, uh, you know, commenting, you know, all day about what Batman likely drinks. Um, and they're breaking it up by the actors. I, I find that ac- absolutely fascinating. Uh, Danny, Danny, Danny line out of Connecticut who can never find the bourbon he wants, by the way. <laughs> Uh, he says that uh, he imagines the Adam West version is drinking Old Crow or very old Fitzgerald. I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. And then Danny says the Ben Affleck version is drinking a Cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, someone's I'm think, not a fan. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Danny doesn't think that. Ben Affleck has the man card or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So, um I'm how did you how did you get into like you obviously just don't become one of the DC Comics like main artists. Like how how did you get there? Tell us about your your rise to the uh to the top. Yeah, I I have two older brothers, uh much older. They're 13 and 14 years older. And uh, I, I just, you know, like that that's a big enough gap where they don't beat you up and you actually look up to them. And uh, they were both big into comics. So I was always surrounded from com- with comics from when I was born. Um, so it was just kind of always there. And then I think that just evolved into me drawing all the time. And I used to get in trouble all the time at school for drawing on every piece of paper that came across. And uh so when high school was over, I was like, well, I know I want to do art, but I also know I want to move out and start a life and <laughs> all these things. And I know that sometimes those two don't go hand in hand. Uh, yeah. So I went to college for graphic design and um, 
got hired right out of college for a graphic design firm. But again, every sheet of paper and every meeting, I would draw Batman on it. And eventually someone there took notice and moved me over to the illustration department. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was an illustrator there for five years or so. And then um, I I did uh, children's cereal boxes. Uh, So like all the general mills, like tricks and lucky charms and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, we lost that account for my workforce. They let all of us go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, I can either apply for more graphic design jobs or I can actually give this comic thing a shot. And uh, I gave it a shot and my portfolio got picked up and I kind of started out on some indie books and moved my way up. And then I've been a DC exclusive artist for the last five years, six years. Yeah. So if I wanted to work with you to develop a bourbon superhero, I couldn't work with you because your DC owns you? No, I can do anything but comic books. Like a graphic uh, a graphic novel you could do? No. I no. mean, that's technically just a comic book. Uh, but uh, yeah, okay. being an exclusive just means I can't do any competing work against DC. So Marvel calls you up tomorrow. You got to say no. There's there's this whole rivalry uh, between DC and Marvel. Do you ever get caught up in that? Um, I think it's I think that rivalry takes place more on the fan level and then the like upper you know mm-hmm. business level of it, where you know they're trying to make more money than the other company, obviously. But that's, that's a big part um, of it all. I think when you're with the creators and stuff because i mean all all my best friends are in this field with me too and uh we're all we're like nobody's trying to outdo the other person we're all in it together so i think when that rivalry comes up it kind of catches the creators a little off guard because we don't feel it we forget that it's there but our fans love it Mm. fans love a rivalry so speaking of fans I, I, anytime I think about like uh, comic books, and by the way, I've got a comic book story I, I can't wait to share with you. I'm still awesome. heartbro- heartbroken by it. But um, anytime I think of comic book fans, I think of the Simpsons character. How, realist, how realistic <laughs> is the comic book guy in the Simpsons to, to what you see at Comic Con and stuff? I'll be completely honest with you. Um, in my time of doing conventions and traveling and all that, I found there's different types of fans for different zones around the country. And that, that particular stereotype does definitely exist. I'm not going to say where, Um, (laughs) but I do think it's actually a minority. I think comics have really transcended the, the original stereotypes a lot. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with movies and success and all that. But uh, I don't know. most of the time when I do conventions and, and people come up, they're like totally normal people, which is awesome because the not That's normal awesome. ones are scary. <laughs> yeah. I imagine. And, and like, you know, so here, here's, I, I read comics as a kid. I, I, I loved comics. I collected comics and uh, I, I, I collected baseball cards. By the way, someone in the chat says they know who the comic book guy was based on from the Simpsons. That sounds mm-hmm. that sounds like a juicy scoop right there. That sounds juicy, yeah. So that's from Jace the Comic Source. Go ahead and share that while you're while you're at it. By the way, 
You've got someone uh, who went to UW Stout as well Ooh. as also a whiskey drinker. That's Tollyweed. So shout out to oh, Tollyweeds. And uh, Three Toes of Fury, which, by the way, you know, in comic books, you got to come up with a good name. Three Toes of Fury is a damn good, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good name. name. <laughs> he says, bourbon superhero, his car would be shaped like an oak barrel. I like that. I like that. Seems non-aerodynamic. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was uh, I was collecting uh, comic books. I had one of the first five of Superman. I had the number one. Um, I had the number one Conan. Uh, I had like um, um, I had like one of the top ten, one of the first ten um, of like Iron Man, and just all these incredible, all these incredible like comic books. I went away for college and uh, come back. I think it was like my sophomore year and I was kind of in the mood to look at my old comics. And um, I was like, hey, mom, where, I, I can't find my comics. They're not in, where I put them in my room. Oh, I, I threw know. them away, honey. <laughs> it's a story old as time. Everyone <laughs> has that story. Oh, it's so heartbroken. I mean, I don't, I don't even look up what they're worth now because yeah. They they were I had some mint conditions. I mean the Spider Man ones, those were going for ridiculous amounts of money back in the day, but uh, I didn't I didn't mean Moms. to get depressed on myself, but here I am getting depressed. But uh so well Mitch, thanks for joining me. One of the other things I wanted to do is comics are starting to enter the the bourbon industry. And I wanted to get your uh uh, I wanted to get your 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 take. Uh, Brad Mitchell says, with all due respect, you could not have had the number one Superman. I didn't say Superman. I said Conan. <laughs> I said Conan. I wasn't a Superman. I wasn't a Superman fan. I was a Spider Man and Iron Man fan. But uh, anyway, I wanted you to get um, I wanted you to to get your take on on some of the comic labels that we are getting. Oh boy. There, there's a there's a brand that's new to the streets. It's called Krogman, and they've got kind of like this national lampoon uh, appeal to to what they're doing. They're kind of poking fun at the at the bourbon industry, like the uh, what we you know what we call taters and unicorns and all that. And they're just kind of making fun of it with the labels and putting in basic MGP whiskey. So I want to get your take on this. We'll start with. Krogman presents the unicorn. Take a look at that label. <laughs> all right, all right. What do you think? Is, you got a, got a good look there? You need anything else? Yeah, no, based on what, like you said, I mean, that's a good label for, like, what they're trying to do. Uh, I don't, I'm. It's funny, when I first got into bourbon and I would go to the store, and I'd, I'd look at everything because at that point I have next to no knowledge about what I was into or what was out there, what was good. And uh, everything was based on the label. Every choice I made was based on the label. And But it would go different ways. Like if it was too modern of a label, I didn't want it because it didn't mm. speak to any like heritage to me. So at first I, ste I steered completely clear of barrel bourbon. Because I was, oh, it's too modern, it's too slick, that doesn't do it. And, uh, but then I think, you know, as you 
you get to know the brands and you get to know the 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 whiskey inside you you start to understand where some of those design choices came from but from a purely aesthetic purpose i would not pick that up at a store <laughs> you wouldn't pick up the unicorn i wouldn't okay what about here max profits max <laughs> profits and as you can as you can see here you have a you have a tough yeah. guy his deltoid bulge in there by the way is that a good is that a good look on the deltoid muscle sure. arm yeah i mean he did all right Why there not? i mean this looks like yeah. the quintessential 80s guy drawing is great yeah collar collars up he's got the uh girlfriend in the background saying hey baby you are gonna punch out my my rival over there you know <laughs> so max so profits I, I wouldn't buy it but i would definitely buy it to give to someone because right. you want that laugh factor yeah but like they're not doing anything on those labels that make me want to get inside. Okay. <laughs> uh, honest opinions. Oh, man. All right. So, all right. I'm going to go with this one. This one creeps me out. Not going to lie. Gonna this yeah, one. I like that one better. See, this creeps me out. This is uh buy now and it makes and it makes me feel like this dude's a zombie. He's in between a, a zombie and, and the creep who's like hanging out in the bathroom, you know, you don't know what he's doing. I think that one's there. that one's more well designed than the other ones. I might give that one a shot. I like that. Okay. And this one actually violates federal labeling code because you can't have firearms oh. on here. But uh, Smash Bill, Smash Bill, he's got guns, and that's illegal <laughs> on an alcohol label. Yeah, that. Uh... Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now we got something that we can all appreciate. Flippers. <laughs> okay. See, that's another one I would buy for someone. Yeah. And for those listening on to the audio version, this has a gentleman with a, um, I don't, wouldn't say he's a gentleman. His fists are raised. He's got a, uh, a money chain around his neck. And again, he also looks like a zombie. So whoever's illustrating these has some skill with them zombies. Like I want to, I want to see them do like a walking dead cartoon. <laughs> and I'll just go straight to, th there's another one called tater, tater bait. And I don't seem to have it. So, uh, but just that on that name alone, I feel like that was, you know, that one would be worth picking up. Yeah. But, I enjoy I enjoy the purpose. I, I definitely enjoy the the story. Yeah, so they definitely they definitely brought the story. So now we have an important story to discuss today. Let's take us inside the Batman character. Now let's state right now, <laughs> right now we're gonna talk about Batman. We're not even gonna talk about right. Bru we're not gonna we're not Bruce Wayne right now. We're gonna get to Bruce okay. Wayne. But Batman. we're Batman. What what's what's this fella like? What's he like? he like like what kind of whiskey are we going right no, I, I think we i think we need to dissect his psyche like we need to figure okay oh boy we, we need to figure out like what's what's making this guy tick these are tougher comic questions than comic podcasts uh let's see. listen <laughs> i've been around the bush a time or two let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> now listen everybody and every, by the way, everybody's wanting to know which actor. I want to. I want to preface this with like, you know, 
Mitch, I think, has more to do with the characters than the actors because he's creating yeah. the comic, right? So the yeah. movies, the movies are based on the comics, and so Mitch, you have bi- you have a stronger say in who Batman is than <laughs> anybody in the movies because you're you're create you're giving you're giving the original content for people. So let's let's go into the psyche. All right. What makes Batman tick? I would say that the number one factor in Batman's psyche is he's driven. Um, For no matter what, <laughs> I don't want to get too corny about it. I think he's just, <laughs> he's a very driven individual in that, like, so my favorite part about the whole Batman story, he's definitely my favorite character too, is the, the idea that he is a regular guy who took it upon himself to become the best at what he's attempting to do. So it's it's the same reason I've always been really into like special operations stuff with the military. It's the same idea of these regular people who mm-hmm. train so hard and change themselves so much that that now they're, you know, a, a force to be reckoned with rather than just someone who knows how to throw a punch. You know, and again, we have people keep coming back in with the um, with the actors. Pete Holmes is the best Batman. Fight me. That's from Keith Thornblom. <laughs> I'm not into that. One. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I know that, that one. one. Uh, but uh, so okay, so, so so he's driven. He's driven. All right, so let's let's go in. Does he have moods? Does he? Does he wake up one day and he's like, I'm more driven today to kick some ass amongst car thieves, burglars, you know? I'm, what, what I, am I... I think he does. Um, I think one of the reasons my work has done well uh, with Batman or with my career in general is that I try to make all these superhero characters people first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ideal is something that's thrust upon them, not something that they are. Um, and so I think all those things of like, I think Batman can be in a bad mood. I think he can wake up in a good mood. I think he can, you know, he's, he's a person. We, we're all subject to those things. We're not robots. So what we've learned here, folks, is we've actually learned a very important piece for choosing what bourbon that Batman is going to drink. What we have essentially learned is that like all other humans, he's going to make a decision based on his mood. So if he's out in the mood for kicking some uh, Joker ass, he might be drinking something different than if he was going after the Riddler. (laughs) Am I right? True. He also famously drinks ginger ale. (laughs) True. But bourbon. So he has Alfred replace the, the bottles with ginger ale. Bourbon, bourbon goes great with ginger ale. It True. really does. It, it's a good, it's a good thing. Now, could, would DC Comics allow you to to let Batman have a bourbon? Because I feel like I that think would, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have it. We, my current book that we're doing now, Strange Adventures. Um, I've <laughs> my the writer who's been my writer for a long time, one of my best friends, Tom King. Uh, he does the thing where whenever we do a new project. Or whenever he does a new project with anyone, he always asks the artist like what they want to draw, what they're into. And so he knows I'm obsessed with bourbon. So 
if you if you read Strange Adventures, you see like every every issue so far has had some sort of bourbon reference, or they're drinking bourbon, or making old fashions, or yeah. Love There's it. There's a I I didn't hide an old Forester bottle in the last issue. <laughs> Ooh, that's a little bit of a tip, folks. A little bit of a tip. And in fact, when we talked about what to taste tonight. You know, one of the things that, you know, we're both kind of um, we're kind of both big in. We want to taste things that everybody can get. And, you know, I know there wasn't a lot of notice for 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 this episode. So if you're watching this live from home, uh, if you have a bottle of uh, Old Forester 1920, <laughs> if you have a bottle of Bottle and Bond New Riff, if you have a bottle of uh, Peerless, which I know you're going with a small batch. I'm just in love with this barrel pick right now, so I just I, I pulled that off my shelf. All right. See so. that that was when you asked me what to pick. I had a I had a tough time because I looked through my entire collection, and realized like I'm really into single barrels, <laughs> so I was yeah. trying to find stuff that maybe we both had. But yeah, you know what? That is uh, when chances are I have it no matter what it is, and I'm um I'm really I'm really just. I'm I'm kind of like we just had this comment from Keith Thornblum who uh, who's commented earlier, says he works for a distributor and he hates the bourbon hunt so much. Go get some old Forester Statesman, you know. And I think I, I think that's some of it. I think right now in bourbon we're we're beginning to get in. We're just I just think sometimes we're we're so frustrated we're getting exhausted and you know, there's nothing you can do about it sometimes and. You know, you want to point the finger and blame someone, but really, it's just—I think we're just all exhausted in general, and uh, and the bourbon hunt feels like it's something, you know, that can relieve some pressure in our lives in some ways. And then if you don't get what you want, you know, everything sucks. <laughs> it's it's so funny how so when I first got into bourbon, which was basically just at the start of the pandemic uh, quarantine. Um, Hold on, you you I've amassed been, you amassed a collection in that short amount of time, my friend. I have. Holy crap! <laughs> I uh, I so before quarantine, I've I've been known for years for like cocktails, but like I never really. I mean, I would just get a bottle of High West Double Rye, and that was my old fashioned recipe um, for years. And then um, when quarantine started, I was like, well, I'm going to try some other things, and it kind of just turned into a thing and i joined a facebook group called the arizona whiskey community Ooh. and uh learned a lot from them and i started buying more and eventually yeah it it spiraled into a thing because my whole life i've been just kind of comics uh mm -hmm. either in a professional or just a entertainment personal capacity like i love reading comics it's what I, my biggest hobby uh, so it was nice to have this new thing that I didn't know much about that I could start to learn about that had nothing to do with comics. And uh, so it was just a lot of fun to like learn about the differences between single barrels and what that means and the different brands and the different distilleries and what comes from what distillery. And it's it's still super exciting for me. So, But the the point I'm trying to make though is as I was doing this, it became super obvious how related comic book collecting is 
to bourbon hunting. Mm. <laughs> they are almost exactly the same. Wow. <laughs> do you um, do you ever find yourself like um, getting like really depressed that you didn't find a particular comic? Um, I used to. Um, yeah. Back when I used to collect more before I was a professional, and now it's more of just a I just do it to read it. Mm -hmm. um, but before, yeah, like when I was a kid, it was you get the bag and the board and you put it in, you got your box, and yeah, you go to the convention and go through the quarter bins and try to find the missing pieces of your collection. Yeah. Um, but I, I probably get more bummed out when I miss a bourbon opportunity now <laughs> <laughs> well uh it's just beginning so you know um you're you probably still have enough money in your bank account where you can keep going but uh <laughs> just make me this promise you won't blame me and you won't blame kenny from bourbon pursuit and ryan from bourbon pursuit <laughs> because i know you listen we appreciate the support over there but I do. you you cannot you cannot blame us when you know year two you're like I just spent 30 grand. I can't get a car. You can't blame us. It happens a lot. I'll try not to. No. Okay. So on our journey, on our journey to figure out what, what Batman, uh, what Batman would drink. Um, are you feeling like Batman is an everyday bourbon drinker? Or do you think he's going high up on the shelf? Because, again, we're not talking about Bruce Wayne. Yeah. We're talking about Batman. I think he's going high up on the shelf. Because if if we're, we're getting rid of all the comic book nonsense of he doesn't drink and all that and just saying he does in this world, mm -hmm. um, I, I think he's going high on the shelf. It's not every day. Um, something to... I don't think he's looking for it to make him angry. He's looking for it to probably dull that anger just a little bit. Okay. So is this like a John Wick kind of dull of an anger? You know, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's a really good way to put it. Of course, John Wick, he drinks Blanton's. Are you saying that? <laughs> True. <laughs> or do you think Batman might be a Blanton's drinker? He's got the money for it. Uh, <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. So he's he's so maybe. So I, I think he's more highbrow than that. Okay. So so he's he is a little he's a little above Blanton's, um, and he can get anything he wants, right? Or is yeah. this is this something that he's trying to get? Uh, he, he's trying to get you know that's available in the liquor store, or does he wants something a little bit more rare. I think it's going to be more rare. I mean, at the end of the day, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is Batman. So he's got... Obviously, Alfred does all the shopping anyway. So you know Alfred's not going low shelf. That's true. <laughs> do, do, do you think Alfred's like calling someone like me, saying, like, I have um, I I can't do the accent. You know, my, my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite Alfred, by the way, is the, is the guy who played... Here I am bringing up actors, but the guy who played uh, uh, Alfred in the in the Fox series Gotham, uh, I love that. Oh guy. yeah, I uh, love him. He's, I can't the, remember his name. But he's so that weird. caught me so off guard. How like intense that Alfred was, and I loved it. I know he was a badass. You know, yeah. 
He was such a badass. Uh, so, all right. So, may I? So, this guy is is uber, like, wants something rare. Like, he wants something really hard to find. It's going to have a lot of hype around it, but it stands up to the hype. Shall we say? Yeah. I don't know if he's hyped, though. It's going to be something that's not, like, because he's not buying it just to say, like, oh, look what I have. Mm. Maybe Batman's a private barrel pick guy. I think he is. He probably so, has a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so so Batman so Batman's got like his uh he's probably got his own special club, right? So let's let's just let's just take this to another level. Like right. he he is he's got his own club. And they're going and picking barrels together. Now what superheroes is he oh, taken geez. with him to pick barrels? <laughs> well, hopefully not Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you, I mean, can he do Iron he, Man? I mean, well, I mean that's Marvel. You can't you can't cross he streams. Can't cross streams. But uh, I think he's bringing uh, Ollie Quinn. I think he's bringing Green Arrow. I like Green Arrow. That seems right. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I feel like Aquaman would have a good palette. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, and just in case there's a fish inside the barrel, he could talk to it. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've uh, we've got some comments in here that because it's Batman, he's going to be able to get these special barrels. So he can get a Van Winkle twenty five year old. He can get a George T. Stag. And yeah, I'm liking this. So when, I think- when you. When you gave me this, the title of this uh, interview before, first thing that popped into my head was uh, uh, a William LaRue Weller, WLW. I like it. So it's time for you to pour yourself some. I just poured myself some uh, Peerless. Okay. And so I think we have made, we have established Batman's bourbon, everybody. The, um, Mitch Garrett's the the artist for Batman, the man who's more responsible for Batman's character than an actor. He has oh established it. He is drinking William Leroux Weller, but he has his own private barrel club, and he's picking William Leroux Weller bottles or barrels. So cheers, like cheers to that. Cheers. I'm sipping on we're sipping on some peerless now. Yep. And Steve P comments. Uh he wants Batman uh Batman wants barrels from up in the Rick House rafters. And I was um that got me to thinking is he going to is he going to be like using his tactical gear inside the warehouse <laughs> to get like a special barrel? <laughs> Using the grappling hook. I mean, he's got he's got something in there, and and like, oh, and what what bad guy, what bad guy would most likely be the one that would come in and try to steal the barrel? Hmm. I feel like that's a uh, so penguin owns a nightclub, so maybe he's going in there to steal it to to bring to his nightclub. I like that. I, I like the penguin. I mean, for think this about show. it, like trying to sell a 
You could sell shots from a stolen Batman barrel that would sell oh, hotcakes. Dude, he would crush it. <laughs> he would crush it in the in the nightclub scene. The iceberg lounge is what it's uh, what it's called. Yeah, that's that's totally uh, a penguin move. Okay. All right, so we we have we have figured out uh, Batman's bourbon of choice, and now we go we go to Bruce Wayne. What is Bruce Wayne going to drink? Uh, right off the bat, I feel like Bruce Wayne is an old Fitzgerald guy. He's an old Fitzgerald he likes, guy. Yeah, he likes that that bottle sitting on a silver tray next to a fireplace. Mm. So like, are we talking like old school? Yeah. The, you know, the, what is it? The, the decanters 13 year. Yeah. So he wants, he wants the, he wants the fancy look. He wants True. the, uh, I think so. he, he wants it. He wants it to stand out. So also, I think he kind of strikes me, maybe him and Alfred together, they strike me as people who would do that thing where no matter what you buy, it ends up in a glass decanter. Yeah. And they just toss the bottle aside. Now, does does Bruce, like, he obviously has to put up with, like, uh, mayors and uh, city council members and business leaders and so forth. In the, in the moment that he is trying to be hospitable, which is not all the time, as we know. Does he have, like, a special stash for people that he doesn't like, like in a nice decanter, and it's really, like, <laughs> something like uh, uh, Jack Daniels or, you know, something that's just everyday bottom-shelf stuff? Or does it go the other way, where he has always has the really good stuff on hand to show them that he's better than them? <laughs> oh. So he so he he pours it's a Bruce Wayne move. So he so he pours it for himself, but not for them. Just being like, I'm gonna have some pappy here. <laughs> I like it. I'm into it. I love that. I love that. All right. So what do you think of your peerless? So you've got you've got your your first tasting in of, of the small batch. Now this is uh, the the peerless small batch to me. Again, if people are not tracking Peerless, if they're not on your radar, you are missing out yeah. so much on a distillery that is the future. Absolutely. So all, all three of the ones I, I picked tonight are ones that I really enjoy. Um, but So Peerless for me started with that same group, that Arizona whiskey community. They did a, a single barrel pick of their rye, and it was phenomenal. Um, I went back and bought, I think I bought four bottles and, you know, there's probably only a hundred bottles in that barrel. Um, but it was absolutely like one of the best whiskeys I've ever had, let alone easily the best rye. Oh, wow. And, uh, so then when I, I started trying out the different, you know, single barrel bourbon and all that, but yeah, I'm their flavor profile. I just love, like I found that when, I buy a whiskey or when I taste a whiskey, I tend to lean away from fruit notes. Mm -hmm. um, I, I lean more towards the kind of classic like baking spices and caramel and butterscotch and toffee and uh, grain. But so I think that's what strikes me. I don't get a lot of fruit notes from, from peerless, at least the ones I've had. 
Yeah, Peerless tends to be, like, right now, again, they're a small distillery. They're young. Uh, they tend to be, you know, touch of oily, touch, uh, touch yeah. grain, uh, and then some complexity in the spice region. And, you know, Three Toes of Fury, again, incredible name, Three Toes of Fury, uh, <laughs> asked the question, is Peerless hard to find? And the answer is not really. You know, you can find it on a lot of the on a lot of the places that sell websites or so that sell alcohol on websites, because YouTube has a policy that restricts YouTubers from, you know, telling people where to buy alcohol. I'm not able to tell you that, um, but just do some googling and you'll be able to find Peerless. I think fairly easily. Uh, yeah. uh, Peerless can also ship directly to you if you're in a reciprocal state that will allow it. Um, so yeah, I mean, so Peerless is a is 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 great there's been some commentary in the chat that suggests that maybe bruce and batman would drink the same thing uh some people think that he's bruce is going to be drinking blanton's i mean it's it seems to me like people are all over the place with what bruce is going to drink whereas they were more narrow <laughs> than right. batman interesting it, and i think that some of that might be is it, is it fair to say that people just don't give a shit about bruce wayne and they care about batman is that, a, is that a possibility? I, I think that is definitely true when it comes to the people who are into the movies more than the comics. Hmm. I think comic readers tend to be pretty focused on Bruce Wayne. Hmm. And the movie people just want to get to the action. Oh. Which is fine. It's, it's whichever you're into. Oh, I believe, I, that, that's I just believe. my psychological observation i believe mitch has just dropped it up on you all to go buy some damn comics <laughs> and damn familiarize right. I did yourself do that. you know i mean it's it's kind of like me like um i want people to know the history behind the bottle and know how the whiskey's made and everything oh, sh oh. did you see that <laughs> i did damn thing just exploded on me just sitting there uh, i want people to to learn about the whiskey and not just drink it and and it seems to me like one of the things people always want to know is like, oh, is is it is it affordable? Can I find it? I'm like, well, what about the story behind it? Like like the real yeah. history behind. The, that's, that's one of the real frustrating things for me about Pappy Van Winkle is like Pappy Van Winkle is like a really, I mean I mean it's just all anyone could ever ask is it is it overhyped? I can't get it. I hate it. Blah 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 blah. But man, Pappy Van Winkle was a real guy who was. In, and so important for bourbon and julian van winkle i mean he had a leaking roof and was about to go under and have to sell his his home and and basically probably get rid of his kids college fund i mean he he about lost everything and then yeah and then he got some positivity and some ratings and then started things started going and now they're like on a roll and they, and they don't i don't think they do the best job of dealing with it um uh, but you know, it's it, it's like we get so short sighted on some of the things in in whiskey as we do in comics. The, that we we don't the see the big that. turning point for me when I was really getting into bourbon um, was that the documentary on Hulu, the Neat. The oh yeah, Neat yeah. the story of bourbon, and I think that's because that's when I like it little things in that documentary that I had not known previously hit me. Like the idea that there's no additives to 
bourbon. Like That's you're not good. putting yeah. in a caramel flavor to get a caramel flavor. Right. Um, it's all just what nature does to the barrel and where the grains came from and all that. And then I think that's what really sparked me into getting into single barrels. The idea that this is the, this is the product of whatever happened to that piece of wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but mentioning Pappy and all that, like the, the day I got sold on Pappy before I even knew that it was like this magical unicorn was that the part of that documentary when, um, uh, Freddie, what's his last Johnson. name? Johnson. Yes. When he's talking about how he broke open a bottle to sip with his dad and his brother, and they each had, you know, like a ounce or whatever, and then the, the dad was like, oh, no, pour me some more. And he's like, oh, this is an expensive bottle. And he's like, no, this is when you have us three together or whatever, just just do it. And I like that, there's something magical about that, because I think about like sitting down with like, my brothers and my dad and like the idea of taking something special like that and just doing it and not holding onto that bottle. Like it's a magical thing that I'm going to sip here and there. Like I like it. That's also been the, sorry to keep ranting. Um, that's also been the worst part of getting into bourbon during the pandemic is I haven't been able to share any of it. Yeah. Um, most of my years spent, uh, working and then traveling to conventions and stuff. And I get to hang out with all my friends and the idea that I could bring some of this and we could all sit in a hotel room and try it. Like, that's what I miss. Like, I really want, I really want to share what I've learned and what I've amassed. Well, I, I, I joined that with you and now we must share a bottle, some yes. new riff here. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think about I think about like all the friends I have shared my bourbon with because I get I, I'm very fortunate. Look, I mean I do I do this for a living, and you have to taste a lot of swill to get this good stuff. You know you don't you don't just automatic they don't just I mean they don't just send you like Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. You 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 have to put your time in and you you know to be a taster you have to work, you know to get here, and it's a uh it, it's been a it's been one of those things where like over the years I have gotten tons of bottles um, and people send me their barrel picks. And you know what I do? I bring them to cigar club. I hang out with my friends and I drink them. And, and like, and like um, when I'm able to people from the community, this community, like I'll share it with them. And it's, um, it's something I'm really, really passionate about. Like, I don't like the, the way you see around me, like this is, this is this is work. I mean, granted, yeah, it's it, it's not really work, but these are it's like work. I mean, I have to send things out to like uh, <laughs> I have to send things out to like artists and stuff to, to taste and talk about, and it's it's something that I just I love I love it, and 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 the pandemic took that away from me, and this right here, this community, this you know this community where I can reach out and talk to people, I mean it's it's been so. It's been so yeah. uh, such a blessing for me. For sure. Oh, so you're you've got some uh, bottle in the bond. I got some bottle in the bond here. Hmm, that's so good. Yeah, Bourbon Pursuit got me into New Riff because it's not distributed here in Arizona. But you were able to find that on a website you can yeah. find on Google. Uh, yeah, 
Exactly. So what is what would you say is your best bottle in your collection? Um well I do I have been fortunate enough where I have a bottle of uh Pappy fifteen and a bottle of Pappy twenty. Mm. Um both were payments for drawings from fans. Um I so like that. That was very uh, I I now accept payments in uh, in bourbon. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's happened quite a few times since people have known what I've been into. Um, I'll uh, hmm. <laughs> I have that. I have the bottle of thirteen year uh, old Fitzgerald that is so interesting to me because i find the nose to be the worst thing i've ever smelled <laughs> that can happen yeah it's like old ham <laughs> old, but then when i old musty ham. deli meat or something but when i drink it it's like holy crap this is delicious so i don't know what the disconnect is happening but um <laughs> I'll say like the the bottles most special to me, and this is gonna feel like a shameless plug, but I'm being real. Um, I started partnering with this group called Matt's Secret Stash, which is a liquor store in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Nightcap Selections, which is a guy here in Arizona, who's um, part of the Arizona whiskey community, and I created this character that we do the single barrel picks with. And so, but it's cool because, so it's special agent West key. So like whiskey, West key. Um, and it's like kind of a bond homage, but uh, it's the guys modeled after my dad. And then my son's name is West. So I got to do that. And um, I don't, it's just been pretty special. So I've gotten to do these. Uh, they're not the labels. They're just the pick stickers, but um oh wow so like the barrel is not enough i love that see what else we got no time to rye i love that (laughs) and and when you when you draw these are you doing them by hand or inside a computer uh so yeah i'm a digital artist so i do everything on a on a pad you can kind of see it behind me here Mm. um but yeah it's it's you're drawing still, but it's just on a computer surface. Hmm. It's interesting because, like, uh, art is so different today, you know, than yeah. you know than it uh, has been before. And I have to tell you, I, I like art. I really like where art is going, and I'm a big fan of the graffiti art that's been kind of like surfacing. And we had a we had a guest on my show previously, Jay Pierce. And just a he, he's like Samuel Samuel Jackson's like artist and and like this guy's like he's a former like graffiti artist and was homeless and all that kind of sort of thing and and now like people are commissioning him thousands upon thousands of dollars oh, to do awesome. stuff and I and I love um, um I love that style now I don't necessarily like it up against like somebody's property but I yeah. like I like I like the art. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and it's and it's really nice to see like kind of like a natural flow of art coming coming into the world right now when you have all these degrees and all these efforts to try to push people down a particular style or like study yep. and and i and i have i have personally found of all the of all the communities that i have been affiliated with i have found the the art community to be one of the most difficult group of people uh from a judgmental basis of anybody out there i'm yeah. curious i mean I'm, and I'm talking like museums galleries yeah. I, used, I used to be an art photographer so i used to have stuff in galleries and stuff and it was very difficult you know those people were not fun to deal with yeah um it it depends kind of like you said it depends on which facet of art um because i i come from a graphic design and advertising background and then now i'm in comics and the thing one of the things i love about comics aside from the storytelling aspect is it's not you're not given like a style guidance to draw like this mm -hmm. everyone brings their own spin to everything uh there's no like you know we always want our guy to look like this um and so it's very cool to work with other people who can draw the exact same character in a completely different way and it's just accepted um but yeah like i the advertising community and the graphic design community was very snobby and very kind of they had their kings and queens and you will never be as good as them kind of thing and yeah yeah that's unfortunate but I'm, I'm i'm glad we could both kind of relate to that in some way because you know i think the future i think the future of art like a lot of things is uh, uh art has 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 had a closed door to a lot of people and and i think that has completely changed and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think right now we're across the board. We're seeing, you know, people get opportunities that they didn't before. As we go to the old Forester 1920, which is a, which is a style of bourbon that uh, Brown Foreman would not have allowed in the 1980s. Uh, Brown Foreman had a, had always been against like uh, high proof products, and. Um, uh, and because they thought it was not responsible, you know, so again, folks, we're tasting my best uh, everyday bourbon of the year. Uh, and I know that some people like, you know, anytime a critic says anything, the other people want to be, you know, dispute that. And I think that's beautiful. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. But the reason why I said Old Forester 1920 is the best everyday bourbon, because it's on every damn shelf that I have been yep. to in every liquor store I've been to, um, you know, and and it is it varies between 40 and 60 bucks in the Louisville market. And, um, you know, I know it's skews more 60 bucks, but you know, the fact is, is that you, you can find it. And if you're not drinking a bottle every day, you, you can make that bottle last a month. And to me, that's an everyday yeah. bourbon. But it's so um, unique. That's what I love about this one. It, it is, it is really fantastic. It is really fantastic. And it, it interests me a lot how I've, discovered the differences between the different distilleries so like i start to notice like the notes that every old forester is 
different, but I still see that like background that's similar. What do you pick up? What what is it you're picking up? It's the note that hits me right at the very beginning. I feel okay. like that's a note I get in every old Forester product. Okay. And then it changes after that. Is it like a um do you think it's a is it It's let, let's, let's say it's sweeter but like not in a sugary way. What part of the tongue is it hitting? Right on the tip. Okay. So the tip of the tongue is uh is where the sweet notes hit. So let's uh let, let's take a look um and again uh this i mentioned it from the top but this is a old forester 1920 would not exist in the brown former portfolio in the 1980s or even 1990s because they believe that high proof was a was 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 something that was irresponsible that it could lead to intoxication quicker and so forth and you know as the barrel proof craze came in between 2008 to 2015 the uh, Brown Foreman, Brown Foreman was kind of left in the dark with their 90 proof stuff. And they said, OK, let's start a program. And so Old Forcer 1920 is kind of like one of those uh, one of those. So let's go back to that that note that you're tasting there. It's on the tip of the palate. Now, let's break it down. Let's break it down just a little bit more. Are we uh, that's where the the fruits and like the sugars hit. So. See if you can discern if it's a fruit or a sugar. It is definitely banana right now. I'm getting banana. That, my friend. Like 30 seconds later. That, my friend, you have. Oh, bitch, carrots, everybody has what we call the bourbon palate. You just picked up (laughs) the quintessential Old Forester or Brown Forma note in banana. So awesome. Cheers to you, man, for that. All right. So you like some banana? I do. Uh, The one 1792 is very banana y to me. Yeah. Barton also has a big banana note. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. It's like uh, bananas flambe in liquid form. Oh, bananas flambe. I'm a a bananas foster guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that probably put on. I think that's like the same thing, right? Uh, I, I think flambe they do it at the table. I think I think oh, okay. like, I think flambe That's is like done at the table, and like bananas fosters is done in advance or something. But it's oh, okay. essentially the same. And um, but like I'm a, I'm a big fan of of a banana desserts for sure. Yeah. So we've established here tonight, folks, that um, Bruce Wayne, and again my guest. Mitch Garrods is the one, the only, the creator, illustrator, artist of Batman in the modern time, in the comic book form. And so he knows Bruce Wayne and uh, Batman better than anybody. Now, oh, geez. I'm going to uh, get in so much trouble for this. Oh, no. no nobody, watch, <laughs> nobody watches this or listens to it. You're fine. Now, with the... Okay, so now Batman's out on a date. You know, right. what's he busting out for his uh, for his date? 
And this can be anything. This doesn't even have to be bourbon. Yeah. Um. So, I'm. I've always been under the the Catwoman as his uh, lady of choice. I mean, right? Um, yeah. And and obviously the my the guy I work with, Tom King, he's got a book now, Batman and Catwoman. Uh, he did the last like year and a half, two years of Batman. Um, and it was all about Batman and Catwoman, their relationship. Um, so I, I feel like Catwoman is definitely a craft cocktail kind of gal. Okay. So she's not definitely doing champagne. Something in a martini glass. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you think do you think she is um do do you think she's a whiskey cocktail? I could see that. I'm I'm leaning towards a Manhattan. Okay. Because I don't think she would be like a super fruity apple teeny kind of lady. Mm-hmm. Uh she's totally a Manhattan. She, she wants something where she can she can go up against the boys. I'm I think good Manhattan. So, uh, okay, so Bruce Wayne now, he's out on a date. First of all, who's who's he on a date with? Because he has, like, so many girlfriends. Uh, yeah, I think that's part of Bruce Wayne's thing is he's, new he's girls. Got, he's got so time. many. Yeah. He's got so many. But how does he choose what, what to drink with him? I think he's so disinterested <laughs> that he just says whatever they want. <laughs> okay. All right, so he's not – think. He's, he doesn't, kind he doesn't girls, really care. He doesn't really care. Yeah. I think the kind of girls Bruce Wayne is bringing on these fake dates to show that he's a millionaire playboy, billionaire playboy. Um, I mean, he's still he's still reeling from the loss of his parents. And you yeah, know, yeah, you, exactly. you can't ever really lose that, you know? Yeah, I think he's just kind of... I think the girls that he's doing that with are ones he knows there's no future with so they're probably all apple teenies but there was one woman he had a thing for that harvey dent also had a thing for in the movies yes okay i just straight fucked up everybody <laughs> mitch mitch is an anti-movie guy uh, not, no not not, not not necessarily he's just like no. know your comic books first know your history <laughs> i just i just movied it's... mitch no, this is interesting because so when I do comic book podcasts, it's always obviously all about the comics. And I forget that so many people's main gateway to the character is the movies and TV shows and, and all those things. And so it's super interesting to come on here and remember that. True, true. I, I'm loving it. Like, So here we are in some rapid fire question period. Um, this, uh, this comes in from Doug Pendleton. He's got a comment that, uh, Bruce Wayne is fake drinking and he's actually stone sober when he peers. Uh, yeah, John. that's the, that's the, what it's always been. That's We're just working in a, in a fictitious world right now where he's open <laughs> to it. Also, yeah, that, I, I don't know if it's a comic or if it was in a show, but it must have been a comic. But there's a famously Alfred 
fills all the bottles with ginger ale. Nice. Uh, yeah. Doug also has a question. Uh, do you ever feel like that your you your your work doesn't get represented as art? Um, it's actually a good question. Um, no, because of the the kind of books I do with Tom um, always are actually really fulfilling tales where I feel like I'm getting to do something more than just guy punch other guy comics. Um, whether it's our hold Batman on, issue. Is, is, that a, is that a trade? Is that a trade term? Guy punch other guy? No, but like when you think of comics in general, like from a stereotypical outside standpoint, you think of Batman punching Joker and that's what you want. And there, there's a great place for that. But I think the books that Tom and I tend to do are, I feel like I get to actually like say something with my work, which I think is really special because it's not something a lot of comic book artists get to do. Um, we have a, our, the book I'm most well known for is a book we did called Mr. Miracle. And it was all about um, dealing with the world that was happening at that time of where none of the rules applied and nothing made sense. The Cubs won the world series and, you know, not to get political Trump won and all these things that were just like, huh? And so it's about that and raising a kid during that all under the guise of, you know, this crazy comic book world. Um, and, and strange adventures is all about the lies we tell ourselves and the lies that the media tells and, all these things are the lies that we think the media is telling like all the different ways that can people can come from that topic. And so that's what strange adventures is all about. And so it's been really rewarding to, um, cause we, we try not to get political in the sense of we're not trying to tell people what to think or just reading like, bad guy did this um we kind of want to examine the the ways that people come to those places mm -hmm. and uh so yeah long long way to answer that question but i feel like we're making like actual art in the sense that i'm doing something that i feel helps my soul well that's that's a great way to put it and you, you know you you didn't want to go political and this isn't political, but it kind of like captures like uh, where a lot of us are. And even you even said that this is how you got into bourbon. And Pete Sabo asks, uh, what's your favorite uh, whiskey cocktail during the quarantine? Uh, I'm, I'm a major old fashioned guy. I love a good old fashioned. I have spent way too long perfecting my old fashioned. <laughs> and it's still not there. Well, Never will be. Uh, Alex Cardwell uh, says, uh, to be honest, a level of fitness that Batman must be in, one glass of bourbon would plaster him. I don't know. Mitch, what do you think? <laughs> He's probably right. I, mean, I guess I don't know the, the science of that. Like, if you're super ripped, I guess, do you not handle alcohol well? I don't fucking know. I sure the hell ain't ripped. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, that, maybe there's some truth to that because... It takes a lot to affect me, and I got—I definitely am the opposite of Rip. I got—I got storage here, I got storage there, oh, you know, a little over there, you know. Uh, 
Uh oh, this might be this might be bad for you in the in the uh -oh. headlines tomorrow. Jace uh -oh. the comic source says Mitch hates guys punch other guys comics. Bleeding cool <laughs> headline tomorrow. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> Everybody wants your uh, old fashioned recipe now. What's your old fashioned recipe? I mean, it's real basic. Um, I think that's what I mean by I spent some time perfecting it. I got it down to just kind of the basics. Uh, it's just, um, what do you got? Like a, a bar spoon full of Demerara syrup and a couple dashes of bitters. Um, I used to just do Angostura, which are just fine. You know, anyone's the ones you can find in any grocery store. Um, I need to up my bitters game. I need to try different ones, but I recently just got a thing of Jack Rudy bitters that I really Ooh, nice. kind of enjoy. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so just a couple droplets of that and then like two and a half ounces of a bourbon or rye that you're into. Nothing too high proof. Nothing. My whole thing with old fashions is I want to use a whiskey that I don't necessarily care to drink neat a lot um that's that's a good way so, to get rid of the bottle yeah exactly yeah and uh you put a big old the the secret to all of it is just a single big old ice cube not a bunch mm -hmm. um and you just mix that up and express a little orange over the top and done delicious nice. now that uh we we got time for a couple more questions here uh mark asked from the chat uh would batman drink a white claw <laughs> i mean is he being forced to <laughs> that's I mean, the same answer for me if i'm being forced to i feel like that is i actually this is gonna sound weird but i feel like that's what the joker would drink because yeah totally be, because it's so ironic you know the white claw is the most ironic alcohol on the shelf yeah you know so i hate to be too on the nose wouldn't it be like four loco no <laughs> <laughs> nice and our last uh, question of the night, actually, I think is a great one, calling from uh, Alex Cardwell. Uh, you would pick one barrel from one distillery, no cost. What, bar what barrel are you picking and why? Hmm. Well, I mean, there's like the kind of obvious answer of like, oh, I'm going to pick a happy barrel because why wouldn't you want that right um, so i actually i fin i haven't opened my pappy 20 yet but i actually finished my pappy 15 the other day Ugh. it's good right it's so good like i hated that it was so good when i first opened it i was mm -hmm. like i didn't want it to be worth what <laughs> people sell it for um but it was i mean it was so good um so purely from that standpoint but like if you take the kind of unicorn aspect out of it i think i'm going back and i'm i, I want to try some peerless barrels and i'm going to take the, the best peerless barrel i can find oh damn he just dropped it oh yeah. that's what i'm sipping tonight <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna pour pour in that celebration there you so, go Hey Mitch, tell everyone how they can find you. Where can they where can they uh, find you on the socials? Yeah. Easy enough. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, both just at Mitch Gerds, M I T C H G E R A D S. And that's Garrett. I'm pretty uh, 
Garrett's, yeah, everybody. Yeah, Garrett's, Not a uh, fucked I'm, up Jared's. I'm like on I both said. of them all day long, so you'll right find on. me. And listen, he has actually a great follow and loves to talk bourbon. And uh, if you're not following him, you are missing out on a true icon in comics and still very young, only 39. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got, I mean, you've, you've got an entire career ahead of you. I mean, you're like so young in the Hopefully. game for, for, uh, for, for this level. So um, I've always been, I've always been stoked uh, about comics. And so it, it's such a pleasure to have you on. And just, I'm just so grateful for well, thank it. You. And uh, I, I look forward to meeting you in person one day. And hopefully, Absolutely. maybe maybe picking a barrel with you, you know. Oh, I would love to. I mean, wouldn't that be cool if we picked a barrel together? Heck yeah, it would. I'd love that. By the way, apparently it's halftime. People are starting to come in. It's Alabama thirty-five, <laughs> Ohio State seventeen. Uh, that just goes to show you how much I care about college football this year. I'm doing a live stream in the middle of the national championship. But we With held, the guy who does comic books. Yeah. I mean, we, we held strong all night, 80-plus all night. So, uh, awesome. Mitch, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I really oh, appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me so much. This has been great. It's just great. Thank you so much. A big thanks to my sponsors for the Fred Minnick Show podcast. This has been a very difficult year for all of us. And the uh, podcast sponsors have been a uh, big support. The Beeline 291 Mictors, thank you. And so, uh, as usual, as I wrap up, remember, folks, don't go licking handrails. Don't go licking trash cans. Remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. I so hate vodka. <laughs> <laughs>